You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Episode 18, Catherine Oxenberg. There's a verdict in the case uh, surrounding an Albany-based sex cult. The jury found Keith Ranieri guilty on all counts. He said he was running a self-help group for women. Uh, Let's listen now as he was found guilty and we're listening to some of the women uh, react to this verdict. They had seen some of this evidence and it was truly shocking. Truly shocking uh, for them to realize how, how they had been used and manipulated beyond their imagination. It was horrific for them, actually. When you first heard the word guilty over and over and proven over and over, what feeling went over you? Like, how did you feel? Um, there, there is no feeling to describe. There really isn't. Um, just like, just waves of emotion and re- relief. Just incredible relief. And the, the quickness of it. Yes. That yes. must mean something. Yes. You they, can't fool a New Yorker, right? <laughs> you can't. They saw it. They saw it in the in the evidence and these brave witnesses that came forward and spilled their souls and and told their stories, they saw the truth quickly, very quickly. What do you do next? Have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Tony and Kathy, what do you, will these young women be able to recover though from everything they went through? What, do you think they have chances of fully recovering from this ordeal? I think what doesn't break you makes you stronger. So, you know, what they've learned from this will bring life lessons later. Could awaken activism, strength, you know, articulate a purpose in life that they might not have anticipated. So I I have great hope for all of them. Do you think Keith Raniere is the only person in the world running an organization like this? (laughs) No. This is something that other people are struggling with and still in the depths of elsewhere in the world. Yes. Yes. There are thousands, thousands of abusive cults like this. Can you guys talk about, I mean, I think we do a disservice to these victims if we kind of lump them all together as being somehow maybe not thinking through things as the rest of us might, like, oh, I didn't get caught up in the cult, you know? Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, I'm, yes. Um, we can't victim shame. Everybody is susceptible at some point in their lives to something. Maybe I wasn't sucked in by a cult, but I've been conned. So I think that it gives people a false sense of security if they think they're impervious to being conned. During the short time that we've been recording this series, the Nexium trial and the aftermath have unfolded. And central to that is my guest today, Catherine Oxenberg, whose daughter India was ensnared by the cult, spurring Catherine and a veritable army of people that she worked with into building a case against Keith Ranieri and helping to bring him down. That's the subject of her book, Captive. And I would suggest that not only do you buy this book, you specifically seek out the audiobook because there isn't anything quite like hearing this particular story from the woman herself. 
If you're not aware, Catherine is the person who discovered executive success programs, the group that Nexium eventually spun out of. She unwittingly brought her daughter into the program, and her daughter eventually stayed for several years, including living in the Albany compound. It is a story so unbelievable and unbelievably shocking that you would think it's a movie that people wouldn't believe, but it actually happened. It actually happened to her, and she's actually here today to discuss it. Welcome, Catherine. And it sounds like a Mission Impossible movie. But what sticks out for some people is that they're not so sure that their family, that their parents, that their siblings would go to the same lengths as you did. I felt like I, I didn't have an option. Um, and, and quite frankly, my life was consumed and uh, every moment of the day until I knew that she was going to be safe. So I guess you don't know what your parents are going to do until the situation presents themselves. Not everybody might be aware, but when you first attended ESP classes, the precursor to Nexium, you were skeptical. You sat in the back of the class. You sort of acted up a little bit. But then you eventually did join and you eventually did involve other members of your family. What happened there? Yes, I think that's the point is that I overrode my instinct because precisely I wasn't informed. So I was easily talked out of my instinct. And I think that if I had been educated and understood how predatory groups work, and understood undue influence, those warning signs, I would have, I would have been able to recognize immediately and go run a mile. And I would have never put myself in danger for my daughter. And, it, and sadly, it has not, it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence because many people, my first of all, India is very intelligent. And many people involved in this group have Ivy League PhDs. So as far as being educated, um, informed. It has nothing to do with this well-oiled machine that predators utilize in order to um, to prey on people. A few weeks ago, I discussed with Jerry Miner the concept of the trauma bond and how experiencing really unpleasant situations together can help bind people and how groups and cults can exploit that by then offering you the solution after you've gone through this really upsetting cathartic experience. Do you think that that was sort of the trick behind Nexium, behind ESP? Sure. I would say that's one of the tools is <clears throat> convince them there's something wrong with them and that they have the capability to fix that. For sure. They, and what they do is they create weakness with, where there may not have been before, because I think there's a, there's a misconception about, Oh, well, people who are sucked into cults are weak and weak-willed and broken. And there's a lot of negative stigma, which I, as victim shaming and quite honestly, quite well-adjusted people, um, nobody goes in to sign, nobody signs up to join a cult. So you sign up to something that looks legitimate and well-adjusted people suddenly develop tremendous insecurities, especially if it's the whole group reinforcing that you have few issues and those issues need, need to be fixed. It's, it's quite frightening watching that type of environment dismantle 
a person. If we've learned one thing in the past 18 weeks, it's that there is no one profile for a person who is ensnared by a cult. But in the case of India, a young girl who is beautiful, who's from a prominent family, whose you know, parents have connections in Hollywood and European royalty, uh, she came out at the Crayon Ball, it would appear on the surface that she had so many things going for her that maybe she wouldn't be a seeker. So can you explain to me what was special about India that she was a prime target to be ensnared by Nixium. Well, she's very altruistic and she's idealistic and she's, she is at the core of her. She's a humanitarian. So if you combine all of those qualities and you say, here's this group and our ideology is going to help people and make the world a better place, that's an intoxicant. That's going to make her feel special, that she's part of something bigger than just her own um, ambition. And, and, I, and I think that's what sucked her in, quite frankly. So let's talk about the kinds of things that you learned at ESP seminars. They all seem to revolve around this thing called EMs. So can you explain to us what EMs were? EM stands for exploration of meaning. And what we're explained is that human beings are meaning-making machines. And we assign meaning to things that may not logically have that meaning. And just to give you an example... The ESP philosophy is, that's executive success, by, by the way, philosophy is that a lot of our foundational beliefs were created before we could think cognitively, so before sort of the early teens. And therefore, we have irrational beliefs that, um, that then kind of create our basic foundational structure uh, as we move forward in life. And they say that that creates limitations. So they would, they would explain a phobia in those terms. And then what they do through a line of questioning is they ask questions like, well, let, let's say you're dealing with fear of being eaten by a shark. Well, what's the worst thing about that? And they take you through this line of questioning, the purpose of which is to detach your reactivity um, around what they perceive to be an irrational fear. And as you detach, then you feel more neutral about the situation. Well, that actually sounds quite healthy. And, um, you know, I, I definitely could think of situations in my life that I didn't want to carry emotional baggage from the past. That I'd be much happy, happier being freer in myself and not burdened emotionally. And so that seemed like kind of a, you know, a good idea. The problem is, is that the knife in a hand of a surgeon is, you know, very different than a knife in the hand of a murderer. And this tool, which could be used for good, can also be used to dismantle a person from their instincts and from their sense of self, because ultimately a gut reaction is not a bad thing. But if you're being told constantly that your reactions to things are a problem, and therefore you need to, you, you need to undergo EM after EM in order to disconnect from that gut reaction, you're basically being dismantled from yourself until you don't have reactions to anything that isn't pro the group and the ideology and you become a servant of the ideology. At the height of your participation in ESP seminars, you had multiple members of your family participating and you were quite a high level recruiter inadvertently for them, which is part of the book. But you eventually soured on the the organization and you left. So Explain for us 
what that process was like for you? I think it was incremental, but there came a point where I started to, I, I was around enough of the higher ranks to see so much dysfunctionality that you would, and my thought was, okay, so these people were night and day dedicated to Nixium executive success. And I don't see any progress in any of them. In fact, I think they're more, more neurotic, some of the most neurotic people I've ever met in my life and um, unevolved. And, and so I think just seeing the inconsistencies, seeing um, that maybe the whole thing was fake, actually, and self-serving. And, and then also just seeing what they had done to my daughter, that every time she tried to leave, they'd suck her back in. And that rather than a tool, it became her lifestyle to the point that I didn't think she had a choice anymore. It was like she had given her life over to these people. So I just became more and more suspicious. And then my life took off and started going in another direction. It was a perfect moment for me to sort of um, cut ties with them. Now that you have the benefit of your ordeal being over and you can see back at the events as they unfolded, are you able to see a direct line between, you know, Nancy Saltzman's NLP hypnosis training and the way the courses were set up to building towards the ultimate goal, which was to build this harem of women that were just there to be sexual victims for Keith? Oh, God, that, I mean, that, that, that's a big question. I was never close enough to see that. I saw kind of little bits and pieces of what they were using to indoctrinate people, um, how they were training people to accept basically Keith's sexual preference, but from an ideological standpoint. And you're not being told, okay, so this is, you're, you're being trained in order to support Keith's lifestyle and you know, maintain an ideology that supports this lifestyle that may not be moral at all and is, in fact, abusive. Um, and I did see, actually, for the first time when I was in the courtroom, some of the videotapes that the government had as evidence of Nancy Salzman teaching a group of women, including underage girls, that having sex with a minor is actually not a bad thing. Society is the abuser because society is telling the little girl that there's something wrong with her because she did have sex with an adult. And I, I was blown away. So what, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you justify that? And now that you, now I understand everything was a justification for his sick appetite.